welcome into the Mavs Draft Podcast. My name is Jared, alongside Mr. Mavs Draft himself, Richard Stamen. How are we doing today, my man? Man, I am on cloud nine. Still, almost 24 hours later, I am... You're on cloud, like, 14, man. Yeah, true. Or cloud 18, am I right? Yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> uh, or cloud 15. Or um, cloud 31, you know. As a, as a closet mad... Not, not really closet, but as a... Yeah, the the magic are your side chick, and um, so we were watching the draft, um, you know, virtually together last night uh, with a few friends, and you know, Richard was ahead of everybody, and we're like, all right, no spoilers, no spoilers, and he's like, man, if the magic pick Cole Anthony, and then all of a sudden he like drops his phone and runs out of the room, and we're like, well, <laughs> I think they just drafted Cole Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought, and I, I didn't even think it was, I put my headphones down, and I was like, oh, they can't hear me now, and nope. <laughs> yeah, we, we could definitely still hear you. He, he went on to that for like 15 minutes, pretty much until the Mavs were on the clock, and then you had a very similar reaction to Josh <laughs> Green as well, uh, so why don't we start there. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, I know Josh Green was your number one target, so um you know, why Why do you think he is the perfect fit for the Mavericks? Yeah, so I like Josh Green just because, uh, let's start with the basics. You know, he's a wing that can defend, has a high feel for the game. <clears throat> um, I mean, it's he's a great fit for what the Mavs need and with Rick Carlisle plus next to Luka Doncic. Uh, whether he starts, comes off the bench, he does a lot of the dirty work, he's going to be a day one player. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think from the fit standpoint, you're right. I don't, I don't know if there was a player who's a better fit for, for what Dallas is looking to do and what they're clearly looking to do when you couple that with the other moves that they made on draft night, which we'll get into here shortly. Um, if I'm being totally honest, you know, in a vacuum, I had Sadiq Bey higher on my board. I had Tyrese Maxey and Desmond Bain higher on my board. Um, but again, when I when I think about the draft as a whole and everything they did last night, I mean, Josh Green has to be the pick, right? Because they're clearly going towards a more defensive-oriented, tougher um, type of lineup, you know, with the addition of Josh Richardson via trade, adding Tyler Bay uh, with that 36 pick as well. Um and yeah, you lose elite shooter in uh, in Seth Curry, but I mean, let's be real, the Mavs still have plenty of shooters. Yeah, and I mean, do you want to use that as a segue to thirty-one? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about him. Yeah, Tyrell I mean, Tyrell Terry. Terry is a lot of people comp him to Seth Curry. Um, I, I think that's it's within reason. It's not a crazy take. Uh, I think he's more limited to being the point guard, but. Um, and not nearly the defender Seth is like, I don't Seth's close to average. I don't think Terry ever gets there, but Terry under Rick Carlisle is quite a nice fit. I mean, that's a, that's a guy who he can really hide his weaknesses. Well with Rick, I think there's, I mean, look, he's never going to be a great defender because he's 170 pounds soaking wet. He's got a negative wingspan, but he's really smart. And I'm not just saying that because he's a Stanford guy. He, he's got a very high basketball IQ as well. He's, he averaged a steal and a half per game. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where, where Seth was too. You know, Seth wasn't this 
stopper. He wasn't this on-ball menace, but he was a really smart team defender, really sound. And I don't think he'll be as good as Seth was, but I don't think it's completely hopeless for him as a as a team defender. Yeah, and I had tweeted actually uh, earlier. I don't know if you saw the tweet. It was against Washington where he read the play about three seconds before it even happened, which is pretty remarkable. Most times, you know, you see it one or two seconds ahead. Like, he full-on read the play perfectly, read the passing lane, and immediately after a few tips, he knew where his teammate was and lobbed it up. Um, it's just incredible. He's got quick rotations. Uh, he's just – he gets it. He is a smart kid. And even though, obviously, like you said, the 170, 180 pounds, he's, he, he knows how to – at least where to be. You're never going to be mad at him for being out of position. Yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, they didn't draft Terry for any defensive purpose. Dude is a lights-out shooter, maybe a top, probably a top five, maybe top three shooter in this class up there with, you know, Bain, Neesmith, um, uh, Sam Merrill is in that conversation as well. Um, but he's a legitimate shooter, 89% from the line, 41% from three. And I think my favorite stat was he shot like 58% from three off of screens, um, which is remarkable. And that's why I do think he can play off ball is yep. especially when you pair him with a larger point guard, like Luca play a smaller guy like that off the ball, who could just run all over the court, um, you know, be a, a terrific shooter off movement, um, to me, when they, because so when Bain went at 30, I mean, all of us were like, oh, you just shot me in the heart. Um, <laughs> but the reports were they were never going to take Bain there anyway. Um, you know, I can't necessarily say I agree, but to fill the role that they wanted to fill, which is be Seth Curry, you couldn't have picked a better player for that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, uh, I really like the point you said about how. You know, he doesn't have to be the lead guy. I mean, at Stanford, I'm blanking on which one it is. It was either Dejon Davis. I think it was Dejon Davis, uh, where they were both, they split ball handling duties. And Tyrell Terry, my notes, like uh, one of the first things I noticed was just how elite off ball he is and like moving off ball. He knows where to go, when to go, everything. It's it's perfect. Um, and I think that's going to fit with Luca. That's how you make him playable. Like he comes off those screens and like you said, 58% from three off of or 58% off of screens is remarkable. And he was his zone buster too. Like there were so many times where he would spot up deep and that's how he made the zone pay. Like he gets it. He is unbelievably intelligent. You can fit him into any lineup. And, and, and one last thing, you know, Rick Carlisle loves his three guard lineups. Tyrell Terry is going to be a three guard and a three guard lineup without any question. <laughs> so get I, agree. That. <laughs> I agree. I um, agree. But it's funny because, um, I, I totally trailed off my original thought about Bain. Um, <laughs> the, the reason I was so happy, um, I, I was texting a buddy and I said, you know, man, like I'm really disappointed about Bain. Like, I don't know if Terry makes the most sense, but he'd be a whole lot of fun here. And then he texted back and I forget exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, um, well, Shams has it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, he just announced Tyrell Terry as the pick. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is amazing. And then I was like, something's not adding up, mostly because Seth Curry. <clears throat> and then a couple minutes later, we hear he's he's headed to Philly for Josh Richardson and the 36th pick. And if there's ever been a win-win trade in the NBA, I think that's it. Yeah. And 
and I, I don't know if you remember my reaction, but I was, first of all, I was freaking out. And, I'm, and second of all, I'm, real quick, I'm glad I wasn't the one who tipped Tyrell Terry. I don't think it was me now. So no, that, it was me. That's refreshing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's a that's a nice, you know, uh, twist. But, yeah, I was freaking out at first. When, they, when I saw Seth Curry, you know, so many Suns fans had come to me on Twitter. They're like, hey, Seth Curry for number 10 and Seth Curry in 18 for Uber and 10. And I was like, no. He's not going anywhere. And then when I saw he was moving, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I know they value him. Uh, I was very worried about that. And that, like you said, one of the few win-wins. Both teams benefit. Obviously, Richardson was a misfit. And somehow the Mavs finessed a second-round pick in there. I, I don't know how they got 36 from them in there. But I'm not complaining. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. It seems like the Mavs probably should have been the one to throw in the pick because – to me, finding a a wing is harder than finding an undersized scoring guard. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you get Miami's version of Josh Richardson, I mean, this year's this dude's two years removed away from 16 and a half points, uh, three and a half boards, and four assists a game um, on what is it, 41. Uh, 36 and 86 split. I mean, the, he, he's not your third star, but he is a very, very crucial piece to a championship puzzle, not to mention the fact that he's a very high-level on-ball defender. <clears throat> yeah, and he was, and like I said, he was misused in, um, in Philadelphia, but the Miami stats are just so much more telling, like you said. I trust that a lot more. I mean, we know the issues in Philly from this last year. Um, that's a hell of a buy low that I never saw coming. Yeah, and, and a heck of a pickup for Philly, too. That's I mean, they clearly need guys who could space the floor, guys who could shoot. Um, Seth Curry is one of the best around in that regard. Um, you know, I heard someone say, and I wish I remember who it was, but somebody said, you know, the Mavs are kind of betting on Luka being able to make good three-point shooters, you know, look better than they are and so you may not need the elite shooter um you know i i'm a little concerned about that especially when he's out of the game but again if he goes back to being a a 36 to 38 percent shooter like he was in miami that's a heck of a player hey if delon Wright could shoot 40 percent or whatever it was this year Anybody could. I don't know. Seth, though, Seth is like who he is kind of thing. Like, he is a great, he's a great shooter. The 45% last year in Portland. Uh, and then two years, you know, there was that weird off year for him with the injury. Like he shot 43%. So I think he'll still shoot 40% wherever he goes. But like you said, I mean, you can turn anybody into that. Like, Dol- again, Dolan Wright being that good of a shooter is stunning. <laughs> let's, um, let's also talk about the 36 pick Tyler Bay. Um, Bay and Terry, we both briefly covered in our Baker's Dozen breakdown um, from earlier in the week. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Tyler Bay. Uh, I know you had mocked him to 31 or to Dallas at 31, excuse me. Um, so why don't you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So he has a he Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, probably one of the top five defenders in the class because he can be depending on the line of a three, four, or five. Uh, so basically small ball rim running uh, big, I guess. Really interesting prospect because the, on defense, I don't really know who he doesn't guard. Um, 
on offense, it's a whole different story. He's passive. He can kind of be scared to shoot. Uh, looks to pass first, but not in like a good way, just because he's scared of going to the rim at times. Uh, so he's a big project on that regard, but his defense is day one NBA ready. And it's weird because he got a two-way contract. That was, I, I get, I think it was just flexibility, but I, I don't know why he agreed to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's good for Dallas that they got him to agree to it because he definitely needs to improve his, um, you know, his perimeter ball skills, um, even just getting kind of a basic handle, continuing to develop the shot. Um 42% three-point shooter, but only on one three-point attempt per game. But the free throws the past two years have hovered in the 74 to 78% range on, you know, pretty pretty sizable um, sample size, four, four attempts per game uh, in 2019, six last year. Um, High-level rebounder for his size to me because he can jump out of the gym. Um I actually disagree about him being able to guard fives. I think he's going to need to add a lot of lower body strength if he wants to consistently Fair. guard fives at the next level. But to me, a guy who could easily guard threes and fours. Um, and that's becoming a big thing because you're seeing so many of these combo forwards, you know, the Robert Covington types, the, um, uh, you know, so many of those types of players that, that you need three fours, right? So you have so yep. many wing defenders and so many bigs. You need someone who can kind of do both, and Bay can do that. Yeah, uh, and and that is that is fair. And I, I should have emphasized the fives. Uh, I don't mean like he's not going to guard Dano Turu or someone. I don't, I don't know why I chose second round prospect, but you know he's not going to guard Zubac. Uh, that's right. Not, he, he could probably like kind of hold, not hold hold his own, but you're not going to be like, God crap, he's on him. But you're also going to be like, yeah, this isn't ideal. Uh, really against small ball fives is more of what I mean. I should have clarified that, but I agree. I agree. The lower body strength is something he still needs to fill out his frame. Um, great athlete, obviously. So once those two come together, it's going to be big. So where did all three of these guys fall on your big board? Yeah. Uh, every single one of them had a first round grade. I never thought I would say that about a, I, I really did not expect to say that last night. Um, so I had Josh green at 17. He was my number one option for Dallas. Um, I had Tyrell Terry at 28 and Tyler Bay at 30. All right. I had uh green at 20, um, Terry at 23 and Bay at 28. So I I'm with you three guys who I had in my top 30. Um, I'll definitely take that. Um, you know, moving kind of away from the maps portion of maps draft. Um, let's talk about the draft in general. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts? Like, were you, um, did it kind of go more or less how you thought? Were there a ton of surprises? I think the biggest surprise to me was we, we really didn't get any movement until after the lottery. So, yeah, the lack of trades surprised me a lot. Um, I guess we'll address the first reach of the night. That stunned me for, I think I had him 35 on my board. I uh, was Jalen Smith. Uh, yeah, I had him 35. I did not expect him to go to number 10 to Phoenix. Phoenix is not a team that is uh, scared to do whatever they feel is right and go against the consensus, but that was bold. Uh, Kind of a weird pick to me, but uh, that was weird. And then the biggest surprise to me, though, like team-wise, was what was Detroit? Like, they were all over the place, but, like, why did they do what they did 
at the spots they did. I, I, I'm very confused by their draft. I'm happy with, with it overall, just a little bit confused. Yeah, so I'll echo you on Jalen Smith. That's earlier. And I, I like Jalen Smith. I had him 17. I like him a lot wow. more just because I think um, I think I buy the shot. I buy the rim protection. Um, I do think he's stiff. Um, but this is not a good fit to me because um, I don't think he's a four. I think he is a five. And I think DeAndre Ayton's a five. And I think – yeah, I mean, he could be a backup, but why are you drafting a backup center with the 10th pick? Why not take Devin Vassell, who goes the pick later? I think he would have been a great fit there. Tyrese Halliburton, even with Chris Paul, would have been a great fit there. Um, Kyra Lewis would have been a great fit there. Um, guys who go 11, 12, 13. Um, and I'm kind of with you on the Pistons as well. They had like 42 draft picks. Um, we both love the Killian Hayes pick. Um Isaiah Stewart definitely left us both scratching our head, I would say. <laughs> um, let's see, where else are they? Um, I think they had another first, too. I, I want to say they, they had did. another first. Sadiq Bey. That was a great pick to yeah. me. I love Sadiq Bey. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to change the order around and pretend they got Bay at 16 and Stewart at 19, but, I mean, that's still early for Stewart. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I forget who they got in the second round because it's impossible to read right now. Everything is just off. Um, but, yeah, Stewart was the weirdest one. Who was I, – I, you know my answer, and I'll, I'll go second, but who was your biggest non-Jalen Smith, the guy you were like, how did this guy get taken this high? Dope <laughs> yeah, and I think they were actually back-to-back picks. Uh, our oh, and yeah. Peyton Pritchard for you. Yeah, that yeah. was – yeah, who known uh, anybody who has followed me the last year and a half, two years, damn, it's already been two years since I came out as a Pritchard, not fan, not going to use well, the word hater. So but. here's the thing about Pritchard, like, I disagree with it. I, I would not have taken him, maybe period, um, but it doesn't surprise me that he went in the first round. Azubuki surprised me. I was like, wait, yeah, what? Fair. Um but I want to go back to Pritchard for a second because my buddy Frankie, uh, who definitely deserves a shout out, um, I was texting with him and he's a Celtics fan. And, you know, we were like, oh, man, like Neesmith's a good pick. And then when it got to 26, I was like, oh, my God, what if they paired Desmond Bain with Aaron Neesmith? And and he's like, dude, we'll just go five out and shoot on everybody. <laughs> and then Peyton Pritchard gets announced and he texts me back like 10 puking emojis. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, I also can't believe they did draft Desmond Bain and then traded him to Memphis. Yeah, that Boston has never been the best, I don't think, with assets. Uh, they've always sat on what they get, and then they just make some weird decisions when they keep them. Um, yeah, the Pritchard thing. With Malachi Flynn there, they're Teo Maladon, like, I like you said, it doesn't surprise me. I'd seen the Knicks were going to take him at 27. Him going at 26 isn't shocking. It's just like with Malachi Flynn there, what are you doing? Like Malachi Flynn is everything the Celtics need. That high IQ pick and roll three point shooter and a hard a hard ass on defense. Like he was the Mountain West defensive player of the year. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be a pick that like when he's going to be good with Toronto, you're going to, I don't know, that's that's going to bite him in the ass, I feel like. And I never thought I would say that for a backup point guard, but it's going to be noticeable in year one. I agree. Um, 
What other picks? Um, well, let's kind of look at it the other way. Um, what were some really good fits that that you liked, and you're like, man, that's I love this fit. And I know for, for one of them for you is is Killian Hayes with the Pistons. Yeah. So is it cheating to say uh, that uh, Cole Anthony is the perfect fit? I mean that that no, was, that's not cheating. Cole at Anthony all. was perfect, but. The other one I was going to say is the second round pick, and this shouldn't come to surprise anybody who has followed me for the last few months or listened to the podcast. I loved Elijah Hughes for Utah. That was about as perfect of a fit. Uh, I do think that he's going to completely outperform his value. Whether or not he puts up to the 12th best player, who knows? Uh, it really wouldn't shock me, though, because every year there's a second round stud. My money is on him. I mean, Utah is perfect for that. I was texting uh, one of his teammates, and they were saying, like, that is a dream. Like, it's it's a place with little distractions and that's not something that's like going to be an issue, but you know, you just, it's good for guys like, you know, in the second round that are have a chip on their shoulders, nothing to get in their way, you know, and it's a good player development place. They've been great at drafting um, as we just bashed about as because I hated that pick. They've been good at drafting late in the draft. Yeah. I think that's a, a good shout. Uh, I want to give the Grizzlies a shout for their draft. Um, it seems like they just have, somebody on draft Twitter running their running their draft because Brandon Clark last year, Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman this year, um, you know, both guys that I know draft Twitter really liked. Um, I know you weren't super high on Tillman, but he's got a really unique skill uh, that I think would, would fit well um, with what Memphis is doing. Um, so I think they deserve a shot as well. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and although I'm not high on Tillman, like that was a that was a nice pick. Like Memphis, there are three teams that won the draft. I mean, let's be real. Memphis and Dallas head and shoulders above everybody else and probably Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia had a pretty nice draft. I loved Maxie at 21. That's great. They, yeah, what, yeah. And they got Maladon at 34. And then didn't they get it? Was it Isaiah Joe? I'm, no, I'm they, blanking. they sent Maladon to the Thunder. That's right. That's right. They got someone else and I'm blanking on who it was now because it's all over the place. Um, I'm trying to find that out. Isaiah oh, Joe. Yeah, no, it's Isaiah Joe at 49. And then they also got Paul Reed at 58, which I, I mean, I expected to fall, but at 58, you're getting a guy who did everything for DePaul. Like he was a, what, two and a half, three stocks per game, could handle the ball, could drive everything but shoot. It's a nice risk. Yeah, I agree. And I, I like, I like Paul Reed quite a bit. Um, he ended up, uh, where is he on my board? 36. So I thought that was good value. Um, somebody that I, I thought, you know, there's a good chance he never makes it in the league, but there's also a really good chance that he develops into something um, somewhat special. And if you're getting that at 58, um, you know, why not take that risk? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, it's a low risk pick for these. I mean, like this point, there's no risk to the guy. Like nobody's ever said, Oh, you shouldn't take him at 58. Like, you know, I, I like it. <laughs> um, let's uh, we're all over the place right now. Let's swing back to the maps real quick. Um, Cause they did make a couple of somewhat high profile uh, undrafted signings. Um, those would be Freddie Gillespie, the big man out of Baylor and uh, Nate Hinton uh, from Houston, I believe. So both, you know, Texas, Texas guys, um, and Hinton even got a two-way contract. So um, he's definitely a name to keep an eye on. Um, so let's start with him. I haven't watched him. 
Um, all I can tell you is some stuff I've read about him that he plays this absolute tail off that he was what six, five and averaged like nine boards a game. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to take too much of what he said. Um, but Sam Vecini, uh, over at the athletic, um, you know, he's, he has kind of the, this huge draft guide, like a hundred thousand words, um, if you, for some reason, you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, go get one. Go read up on your favorite prospects there because um, he's got some great stuff, of course, after you read the stuff from Mavstrap.com. Um, but he was saying about Hinton, like, if there's anybody I want on my team, it's him. Because even if he's not contributing on the court, he's going to push my guys so, so much. That is beautifully said. Uh, I Wow, I don't even know if I could say it any better. Really, the only other thing I would say is he's a Carlisle guy. Um, the two ways this year, I think, have a ton of flexibility. It's basically a 17-man roster, right? I, I believe and um, he can kind of shoot. I think he shot like 39% in the free throw percentages in bad form, doesn't jump out. Um, that's good value. Like you said, I mean, he's a guy who pretty much, you want him on your team, you never want to go against him. He's... He's annoying to go against because he's like, he just does not stop. He probably has the best motor in the class. And and he's a big draft Twitter favorite for that reason. Well, I'll, I'll take that um, definitely any day of the week. Um, so tell me a little bit about Freddie Gillespie as well. Yeah, so I, I didn't, I watched a lot of Baylor, a lot more Baylor than Houston. I mean, obviously I saw both, but with Freddie, I think he's 6'10 with like a 7'5 wingspan. They wow. got him on the Exhibit 10s, so he's more of a G League guy. Uh, those guys generally don't come up quick, at least. But incredible underdog story. You know, he went to JUCO in Minnesota for two years, transferred to Baylor, and just really made a name for himself. Probably the, I mean, outside of what, Yudoka Azubuki, he was the best rim protector in the Big 12. I mean, he's a big reason why Baylor was so good. Um, just outstanding defender. Probably one of the best team defending centers I've seen in this draft. I mean, the rotations he makes are insane. Um, and on the off chance he ever makes it to the NBA, I mean, that's a guy who, again, both these guys are Carlisle guys. You know, the chip on the shoulder, underdog story, high IQ. I, I like it. I really like it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, again, with undrafted guys, you don't ever expect them to make the NBA, but it happens, right? Like Duncan Robinson not only made the NBA, but was like an absolute stud for, for the Heat and a huge reason that they made it to the NBA Finals. So it can happen. Um, and and I wouldn't forget those names, particularly Hinton. I, I just have a, a feeling about him um, after hearing what I've heard about that motor and stuff like that is, um, is pretty incredible. So, all right, man, do you have any any last words on this draft? Anything that, that you wanted to talk about, get off your chest before we preview 2021? Well, one thing, just to go off what you had just said, half the maps were undrafted. So, like, That's if a there's good any, point. <laughs> like, Finney Smith, you could go down the list. It's Finney Smith, Maxi, uh, Curry. I mean, dude, like, there's so many. Like, this is the Berea for years. Like, this is the team to make the most out of undrafted guys. That's all I have to say. That's but, yeah, it was point. a good draft, like. I lied. This is what I have to say also. But, like, it was a fun draft. This is so much more fun than 2019. 2019 was just, for lack of better words, it was a shit show. This wasn't. This was fun. But, yeah, 2021. Oof. Let's jump into that because I am hyped for that. 
I don't think I've been this excited to not take a break ever uh, because this draft class is going to be fun and it's going to be very fast paced too. It's I'm going to be flooding your timeline. <laughs> well, you know, people are going to say, you know, especially Mavs fans like, you know, Mavs draft, why are you still talking about this? You know, we don't have a first round pick, you know, we're, we're Mavs draft, but we're, we're everybody's draft. Let's be real. We're draft Mavs, some draft first. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what that means, uh, but. No, 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 no. It's like Mavs <laughs> first coming first. I don't know. It was a bad joke. But, yeah, no, I mean, like, and the Mavs still have their second round pick, so. They do, and I mean, get look, their hopes the, up. the depth of the class obviously remains to be seen, but um, I think for the first time in a little while, um, it's. It's very, very strong at the top of the draft. This was one of the stronger high school classes that we've had in a long time. We've got a few guys that are going to be in the G League as well. Um, so, but I, I think to me, it starts with Cade Cunningham. That's the name you have to know. Um, like six, seven guard out of Oklahoma State. Um, just an absolutely ridiculous player. Yeah, I. I don't even really know what the flaws are. Uh, best high school passer for at least the class. Um, he's unreal. I, I don't want to say it, but I mean, man, we haven't seen prospect like him in a while. Like that combination. It's pretty crazy. The skill, athleticism, size, all of it. It's, it's unreal. He's advanced. He is no question the number one pick. So who is the outside of Cunningham? What uh, college player are you most excited to see this year? <laughs> and let, yeah, it, I have... Let, it could be a freshman. Let's. It's probably a freshman. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some sophomores that are going to be real good, but um, there's two freshmen that just, they jump out to me, especially after seeing some of the bigs go, two bigs go top 10 last night. Um, I'll start with Evan Mobley. I'm pretty big on him. Uh, incredible athlete. The second jump and the jump, the way he gets off the ground is just, it's lightning fast. Um, can potentially stretch the floor. He's skilled. Moves, again, moves super well. Athleticism. Uh, and then the other one, I'm all in on this guy. He's get, probably going to be my number two until someone unseats him. And that's uh, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. I am okay. very big on him. The athleticism, size, and uh, position and everything and shooting ability is just – that is a dream of a wing. Okay. A couple other names that I wanted to shout out. Um, one is um, BJ Boston uh, from Kentucky. Um looks like a really really fun player um and then where'd he go i had is it scotty barnes um, oh yeah barnes is just he's he's interesting I, i'm he's he's definitely got a ways to go um but at his size being the ball having the ball handling and passing ability that he has um and then anybody who goes to florida state sees that that big draft bump because of um, because of Coach Hamilton's you know defensive system, uh, which we've talked about at length with both Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams. Um, so that's another guy that I'm going to be watching closely this year. Yeah, and fun fact on Scotty Barnes, I forget what the award watch is, but you know every year in college basketball they do the position by position awards. Scotty Barnes was in ESPN's list; they call him a forward. He was on the point guard watch list. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a great pick. And I wanted to touch on B.J. Boston. 
outstanding. He was the one I was very tempted to say over Suggs. Um, six seven with seven foot wingspan, and he's an unreal shot creator. Uh, that's man. He's probably top three. I mean, it it's a stacked class. Like, and obviously, you know, it's a new shiny toy, so maybe we're exaggerating, but I really just don't think we are. Uh, I, I, I agree. I don't year. think we are too, because you look at it. Um, you look at last year's class, and you're like, man, like who's really going to emerge as the top guy? There were a lot of questions. Even Lamelo, it was, you know, what what's that going to look like when he goes overseas? You know, so um, how about um, guys who are coming back? Um, you know, for, for another year or two. Uh, I know you, you were a big fan of Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Is that who you were going to mention? Yeah, that's my guy. Him and I was going to say, uh, I, I don't know if they're in the Big East now. Uh, I'm blanking on what conference they're in now, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I'll start with him. Uh, super athletic. He was a five-star freshman. He would have been my choice for the Mavs if he had stayed in. Uh, unbelievably smart. One of the smartest players, at least one of the smartest freshmen I've seen. And obviously, as to Bill Nova, you have to have that um can shoot can defend can pass i mean there's just no no holes in his game uh the other guy i was going to say though because i don't know what conference they're in but uconn uh james Knight, i think is how you say it uh bonite something like that uh six eight wing i think he's he's got it he's an athletic shot creator he's probably going to be a lottery pick fact check me on that uh on that six eight but i'm pretty sure he's six eight okay i'll trust you i'll trust you watch um, like six two and then this year is is a little different because we've got some really high level guys who went G League. A um, couple names are Jalen Green, um, Jonathan Kuminga reclassified and joined the already loaded 2021 class. Um, just stupid athlete. Um, uh, Isaiah Todd. Uh, I'm not sure he's quite on the same level as an NBA prospect, but um, definitely someone to, to look out for. Uh, Dacian Nix, um, uh, another guard. Um, so, you know, quite a few G-leaguers to, to, to keep our eye on this year. Yeah, it's I, – I don't even know how it's going to work because there may not be a season. It's, it's really unfortunate for these guys that the way the world worked out um, because I mean, it's stacked. Those, those four guys who are going to be called unknowns, even though they're really not, um, is just incredible. And also real quick to correct myself, Knight is six, four, six, five. I apologize for lying. Um, but Dacian Nix is from Alaska. So I don't know if that doesn't intrigue you. I really just don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. You love to see it. Um, how about we also touch on a couple international prospects? Any uh, any names to keep out for in that regard? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely drawing a blank on a couple, but I know Mario Nakic is one of them. Uh, really intelligent, six uh, eight kind of shot creator, ball handler. Uh, Carlos Allison is a guy who uh, really intelligent, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm getting the right guy here because it's it's been a minute. I watched him at the beginning of the process, and at this point, it's been so long i've forgotten he's a good shooter i believe international guy probably goes first round if he stayed in the draft sorry I think, 2020 draft I, I think the other name uh internationally that i've heard quite a bit is uh uzman garuba yeah. i don't know much about him right now um but he's a name that um you know from real madrid so uh a, another spanish um well 
from the Spanish league, uh, someone to look out for. Um, but it's going to be fun. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to break down, you know, a whole draft's worth of prospects for you guys over the course of this next year. Um, and, and we'll probably just dive right on into it, um, you know, in, in the next week or so. Um, we'll still get back to taking some mailbag questions for sure. Um, and we will, um, you know, try to try to see if we can get some more guests on this year now that we're a little more established. So, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, I got Allison wrong. He uh, he's not a great shooter, but incredible ball handler. So I apologize for that entire, entirely an inaccurate report. But gosh, I am excited. I am excited though because I mean we have what like a month and three days I think till NBA's back from right. when we're recording this. I mean that's that's gonna be crazy. Well, no, the team needs pretty early. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 talk about some you know what's actually happening in the NBA as well. Um, free agency starts tomorrow night, which is going to be incredible. I should have mentioned we're recording this Thursday, November 19th. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get that up uh, soon for everybody. Um, but it was nice to not have the instant reaction podcast, I think, because, I mean, again, like with the trades and everything, I was like, no, Seth Curry. I even tweeted that. And I was like, well, Tyrell Terry's same player <laughs> getting Josh Richardson like and Tyler Bay. It makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that I at least had, you know, roughly 24 hours to to think on it and, um, you know, kind of come down from the emotional roller coaster of it all. Yeah, and we are definitely more rational now than we would have been uh, 18 hours ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Well. That is a wrap on the up oh, your your eyes lit up. What just happened? Uh, sorry, I the NBA is opening an investigation on the Bogdanovich uh failed sign and trade. I think the Mavs should swoop in there, but I think uh I'm wearing a Mavs shirt. This won't be able to be seen, but uh <laughs> it's, it's Dallas's music. Hold on. I'm getting uh <laughs> Well, anyway, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um but yeah, again, that's a wrap on the 2020 NBA draft. Richard put in a ton of work on this. Um, if you're curious about your favorite uh, team's draft pick, I'm sure Richard's got something for you over at MavsDraft.com. Again, we're not just for the Mavericks, we're for everybody. Um, you could learn a lot uh, just by visiting that site. Um, you know, he's he's got so much for you there. Um, thank you, everybody who's tuned in and listened. Uh, if you could do us a favor, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review. Uh, recommend us to your friends. Um, we got big things in store for this next year, and uh, we're excited. So we'll talk to you guys next time.